Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Cassetta! Yay! Yay! And we have got a fucking buck wild episode for you, full of just some fun stuff. I know it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but it's a lot of fun. It's just that the research broke my brain, and now, I'm, and now I don't work right. Um... But did I ever? I guess that's up for debate. But before we get started, we have got some news and reviews. Beep, beep, beep. The first piece of news is that we have a Patreon now. Woo! Get it. Get it. Get yes. this horny vampire content. <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Um, you could maybe go to patreon.com slash podcast, but I don't think it'll take you anywhere. Uh, and you can check out all of the stuff we have. We have uh, a bunch of fun rewards that you can get. But the real treat, the real piece de resistance is that uh, Paige Wesley is now releasing her vampire erotica novel chapter by, well, two chapters at a time. Yeah. Uh, and oh my God, is it horny as hell. It's so good. I, also, I'm pretty sure Patreon.com is just OnlyFans, right? Yeah, I was going to oh. say, I was like, I'm pretty sure Patreon.com is OnlyFans. That's pretty good. <laughs> Get that paper, ladies. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. Patreon.com slash cult podcast is where you can go to find more information. Uh, and if you are looking for a new place to listen to our show, might we suggest Rooster Teeth? Go to roosterteeth.com and download the app. It is available uh, on all fuck ton of your devices. It's available on your phone, your Xbox, your Fire Stick. Uh, Roku televisions everywhere. You can get it wherever you want to listen to us. Um, and then before we start, uh, we've got another five-star review. <laughs> this one comes to us from Kiki LC83. I've become obsessed with this podcast since I started listening a month ago. I'm almost back out of I'm almost out of back episodes to listen to, and I can only solve this problem by re-listening to my favorite episodes. Uh, I can't get enough of Paige, Armando, and Andrea. Thank Jesus for the dome. Oh, thank Jesus for the dome. Yeah. We love you. We love you so much. Um, Yeah, I think without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 I remain tone deaf. (laughs) (laughs) Don't drink the For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Cassetta. Yay! Yay. And it's Armando's week. Hello. Hey everybody. Um <laughs> It's been so long since I've done an episode, and then I if it feels bad because I'm bringing this fucking steaming pile of dog shit. Uh, to the podcast and I don't mean the episode's bad on the contrary I think it's going to be a very funny very weird episode but holy shit 
I haven't felt this dumb after doing this much research since I watched six hours of anime for happy science. Like, that's the level <laughs> of insanity that my brain has reached. Andrea once said that you can tell how crazy that I've gotten uh, doing research by how wild my hair is. And you can't see because the headphones are down, but it's just been like a wild mess of <laughs> craziness. I yeah. Look like- you look like Lois Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> I also I looked at a bunch of pictures of Einstein and you know the the famous one where he's like sticking his tongue out right. uh, is the one that pops up and I can't at some point while I was researching I f- had the thought that he looked like he was doing Cardi B face and now I can't <laughs> get it out of my head. Someone photoshop his head onto Cardi B's body. Yeah. Oh, Every no. time I see that picture of of Einstein with his tongue out, that's the noise I hear. By the way, is uh. with this wet ass <laughs> physics. The new one is up. We're oh. done with wet ass pussy. Oh, I'm it's sorry. <laughs> oh my god! But if you've read the the title of the episode, you know the fucking craziness we are covering today. We are talking about. The Mandela Effect. Oh, Jesus. Before we hop into it, we have a bunch of sources that I've tried to condense as neatly as possible. Um, We have a 2017 article from Big Think by Paul Ratner. We have a 2017 article from CNBC by Michelle Castillo. We have a 2017 article from Top Secret Writers by Sally Painter. Hey, Sally, it's not top secret if I can find your website on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Top secret, but specifically me. Uh, We have a 2018 article from Forbes magazine. We have a 2018 article from The Independent by uh, Neil Dagnall and Ken Drinkwater, which is probably the most wholesome last name you could have. It's just... It just sounds like direction. Yeah, reminding you to be (laughs) healthy. Ken Drinkwater? Ken eat food. You know, it's actually a sad story. Um, my, My family changed their name when we came to America. Originally, we were the Stay Hydrateds. Um, <laughs> Ellis Island, man, it's a fucking trip. Uh, we also have countless, and I mean countless, pages, books, and videos from Fiona Broom's official website. Um, and then we have multiple posts <laughs> from our Mandela Effect on Reddit. Okay, but we're just going to like... Somebody has the last name Brooms, and we're not even going to talk about broom factories oh, or being yeah. swept off our feet by her research. Oh, yeah. Fiona Broom sounds like the name that like an art student came up with for their first OC on DeviantArt. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> but also attacked. <laughs> Yeah, Fiona, bro, it just, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like her Twitter handle is witch bitch, right? Yeah, oh no, it's definitely part of a a Harry Potter extended universe original (laughs) character fan fiction. She falls in love with Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter at the same time. It's a love triangle. <laughs> this but story also, already Malfoy's exists. Malfoy is like a vampire, and Albus <laughs> Dumbledore is a huge Avril Lavigne fan. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> uh, speaking of fan fiction, Man Eaters Part Three and Four should already be up at this point. Sick. And I, Girl. I know this is weird, but this will actually come into play later. So please oh, no. stay tuned. <laughs> Um, oh my god. All right. So before we start this episode, I do have a special request uh, for everyone who is listening, and that includes any of uh, my fellow co-hosts. 
Um, today's episode, you can consider this a form of trigger warning, um, but instead of being bad stuff, it's more um, buck wild bullshit. So yes. I, I would suggest if you are at home, actually, fuck it. I, even if you're on the fucking clock right now, go get high. Go get <laughs> as high as humanly possible. Crack, I'm drinking a White Claw right now because I even I can't handle it. I fully prepared for this episode because pre-record, I did take part of an edible. So I oh, am yeah. ready for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peek behind the curtain. A few hours before we recorded this, I called Andrea and I was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to record it actually at like 6.30 tonight. And she goes, oh, man, I was going to take an edible. And I was like, no, 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 no. Do it. Do <laughs> it. <laughs> What you will I thank do? me later. You can just huff your cat, I guess. <laughs> I'm just going to go like open your mind like Quarto and Total Recall and it, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm just going to be open to the information I receive. Also, I don't think I should have to sit through this lecture because I did read Michael Crichton's timeline as a child. Oh, so, fuck. Girl, what? <laughs> okay, so I think we've covered this a couple times, but I was a fucking weird kid with a really high reading level. And so... I was obsessed with Jurassic Park, read both books, and then was like, Mom, I want to read more Jurassic Park books. And she's like, that doesn't exist. Here's Michael Crichton's timeline. <laughs> and was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my nine-year-old can read about quantum mechanics. That's fine. Uh, so oh there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, I... I had to do, when I was a kid, we had this thing called accelerated reading, which is where uh, they wanted you to read books, but they didn't trust children to tell the truth. So after you read the book, you had to take a test on it. Um, and I read Aragon halfway through once, and then I just took the test for Aragon every single year. Um, and I've still never finished Aragon, but I figured out the <laughs> plot of the story based on which answers I got wrong every single year. So by the end of it, it's like I read the whole book. Kind of. Armando is such an interesting person to me because he is constantly gaming a system that is designed to figure out how smart he is by being smarter than the system and calling it on its bullshit. That's really Armando's whole deal. <laughs> yeah. Be smart enough so that they don't know how smart you are. <laughs> yeah. You should have tried that with Scientology, dude. <laughs> I did. I actually took the fucking IQ test. Like, I tried really hard. And in my brain, I was like, yeah, I fucking aced that shit. And then they <laughs> called me stupid. This is why Armando gets paid to play video games. And ah. the rest of us have day jobs. <laughs> ah. No, it's not because I'm just a, a, a bum. <laughs> anyway yeah um speaking of being a bum i'm i'm requesting that everyone get intoxicated for this Paige wesley is the only one who's exempt because she gets high on life uh everyone else we're not as good as Paige, so we have to inebriate ourselves Paige gets high on the many podcasts she records almost every day i assume <laughs> my drug is lack of sleep <laughs> <laughs> all right so all of us have at least heard of the Mandela effect. It is the term that gets tossed around whenever facts contradict a widely accepted memory. Uh, perhaps most notably, many Americans grew up with a cartoon family of bears whose story was told in children's books and on an animated TV show. And I'd like to ask you, what was the name of this family of bears? I know the truth, but I always thought it was Berenstein bears as if they were a Jewish family of bears. Same. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So a majority of people seem to remember the Berenstein Bears fondly. So when it's pointed out that they were actually the Berenstain Bears, people tend to get a little bit upset. Because it's like, how could such a memorable part of our collective childhoods be corrupted so blatantly? We could probably chalk it up to a one-time coincidence if it wasn't for the plethora of similar instances. Like, do you remember Curious George having a tail? Uh, what about the Fruit of the Looms logo featuring a cornucopia? Wait, hold on, hold on. Does Ju- Curious George not have a tail? Nope, never did. What the fuck? Oh, okay. he's a chimpanzee. <laughs> Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I actually don't know the math on that, if he's a chimpanzee or not. I think it's something like what I did when I drew, where drawing feet is hard, so I make all my characters cut off above the knee, and then I don't have to draw feet. No, you definitely see Curious George as a full monkey, but I I couldn't definitively tell you if there's a tail or not, So, but I'm surprised to find out there's not. Yeah, I, I asked somebody, I did a, a little bit of my own uh, independent study for this episode, and a bunch of people that I asked about the Curious George thing said that they have a distinct memory of Curious George swinging from his tail. Yeah. Which never happened. Did he not? Nope. What the fuck? Okay, and the, the cornucopia thing, I I feel like I remember it, but I also know that it's just a pile of fruit. Yeah, it is a pile of fruit. It doesn't have a cornucopia, but I have a distinct memory of there being a cornucopia. Uh, and then somebody posted a drawing of what they remember the logo looking like, and it is exactly what I remember from my childhood. I think that's a logo for something else, and we've just conflated it in our minds, and I just don't know what it is the other logo for. Oh, yeah. There's also the fact that uh, the phrase on our side view mirrors, a lot of people think that they say objects in mirror may be closer than they appear, which is not actually true. They say objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Um, So if you answered yes to remembering any of these things, then you are a victim of the Mandela effect. Please visit coldpodcastshow.com slash lawsuit. We're filing a (laughs) class action suit against the universe uh, and time itself. How dare the universe? Honestly, would love to file. I have some complaints. (laughs) Now, you might be asking yourself why we're talking about this on a podcast about cults. The Mandela effect is an idea that's been tossed around for over a decade now. And like I said, we've all heard about it to varying degrees. But what most of us don't know is the full story. The term actually comes from a scientific theory put forth by a researcher named Fiona Broom in 2009. According to her findings, the implications of these examples are weirder and perhaps more dangerous than any of us could have ever imagined. (gasps) Dangerous. Hardcore devotees believe that the Mandela effect is the result of one or more universes colliding and becoming one new timeline. Yeah, yeah, I got it. So we got to go back in time to the Middle Ages to save the professor with these weird tanks that have pinholes in them. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Exactly. These aren't simply coincidences. They're remnants from an earth-shattering event that can tell us who came from which (laughs) universe. Oh. (laughs) ideally the ladies (laughs) ladies ladies oh my god what if that is real and half the population never remembers having came before and like that was the the other timeline the other timeline was just people didn't come so that's why they like had more time to draw tales on curious george and shit (laughs) 
I like that that's what they did with their extra time. <laughs> I assume that's what asexuals are up to right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're Just writing shit done. They're yeah. writing Fiona Broom fan fiction. Dude, imagine how much you would get done if you were asexual. Imagine the years you wouldn't oh waste God. just chasing some type of sexual connection. Uh, counterpoint, I would have zero vampire novels. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And that's not a timeline I'm willing to live in, Andrea. So shut your I'm fucking I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> like most conspiracy theorists, followers of the Mandela Effect theory congregate online in Reddit threads, YouTube comment sections, and in the very outdated forums that are about the fucking subject. I'm talking like just ass HTML coding. <laughs> just hurt your fucking eyes bullshit. I love that they're like, this is a high tech in intellectual theory. And it's like, but we can't figure out how to code for it. Yeah. Also, remember <laughs> this, this is, this theory came about in 2009. It's not like they didn't have better coding available. They just were bad at it. Yeah. Facebook yeah. existed then. Yeah. It did. It did. Although Facebook back in the day at that time was not the Facebook it was now. No, people no, were still poking you ass. like that was cool. What the Yeah, people fuck? were still poking you and then it was still your status updates were still what are you doing right now? So you'd update your status like I am doing X or so and so is doing It was X. automatically your name so it was Andrea is, is and then you yes. could like write the thing or whatever and it's like this why I don't want to tell everyone this. This <laughs> was also the era in which Facebook had pins. Do you remember pins? Oh yeah, you could pay, you could tell everyone where the fuck you are right the fuck now. Yeah, you used to be able to pin your location so you could just tell whatever creepy serial killer was following you where you, the fuck you were. You can still do that. It's called checking in, Andrea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who does that? Unless you're checking in from like a natural disaster to let everyone know you're okay i've done it where like because you can check in with like an activity so you could be like i'm watching x movie right now but it doesn't necessarily give your location away it could just be like at this theater were you watching shazam featuring sinbad no i was watching kazam featuring shaquille o'neal thank you <laughs> i also uh, thought that was a thing that actually happened. me too I oh it my did. god <laughs> I, have, I have vivid memories of seeing it in blockbuster and i know that they're not true and that's what's strange to me we'll kind of get into a little bit of that shit later um but yeah the mandela effect it it kind of affects a lot of people in fact our mandela effect on reddit currently has over two hundred thousand members there are videos on the theory with over millions of views and the united states even has two at least two annual mandela effect conferences or do they <laughs> I remember there being three. I do too. Somebody should be asking these questions. <laughs> oh my God. I want to be perfectly clear, by the way. Not all of these people are full-blown followers of Fiona Broom and her ideas. Some of them are me, a guy who loves to get really high and deep dive into something that might fuck your brain up for a while while you wait for your pizza to be done. All right? It's like, <laughs> I get it. Not oh, not everything is that serious, but like with flat earthers or 9-11 truthers, there's a small percentage of these folks who let their beliefs engulf their entire life. There's an amazing show on HBO Max called How To with John Wilson. It's one of my favorite new television shows. Um, by the way, this is just like a small aside. If you ever watch Nathan For You, it's he's a, a fucking executive producer. The show is absolutely amazing. But in an episode of How To with John Wilson, 
they have a they have a, a segment that features some key believers in the Mandela Effect community. In the episode, most of the people John talks to are pretty normal and level-headed, but it doesn't take them long to jump into talking about their beliefs. This is because most conspiracy theorists see their theories as the hidden truth that only they are privy to. So even though most of them live seemingly normal lives, it secretly revolves around these ideas. It's like the most important thing that's on the forefront of your mind at all times. So like I walk around and the most important thing on my mind most of the time is just like hot lumberjocks. Yeah. And that informs how I live my life. Yeah. I guess it would be slightly yeah. different if uh, you brought it up all the time. But th then I started thinking about this podcast and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. She does. Paige and I have DMs on TikTok and it is almost exclusively <laughs> bearded men chopping wood. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's bearded men chopping woods and then fun videos of cats and that uh, gay couple where the husband always challenges his husband to sing a song in a Broadway style about a fast food chain. That's exclusively our TikTok. That's it. I'll, we'll we'll post them. If you guys follow us on Instagram at Cold Podcast, we'll post some of the TikToks that Paige and I share to one another <laughs> to brighten your day. So yes. check that out. Yes, please. Also, uh, bearded lumberjacks chopping wood sounds like a new category on Pornhub, by the way. It just sounds like <laughs> a fun way to say jerking off. And I'm going to start saying it myself. Mask for mask chopping wood. <laughs> But for other people, the fact that we're living in a world forged from two timelines is so jarring that it overtakes any need for normalcy. Commenters on MandelaEffect.com, Redditors from Our Mandela Effect, and even one of the people in How To With John Wilson report having an existential crisis that stops them from being able to focus on anything else other than the Mandela Effect especially since they insist that the timeline we're on now is the result of the collision. I mean, how else do you explain, like, Donald Trump becoming president or a global pandemic ravaging our society or, worst of all, the retirement of Daft Punk? That's <laughs> clear <laughs> evidence that we're on the darkest yeah, timeline. that's obviously this is the worst the darkest thing. timeline, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know why we don't all have goatees as Star Trek promised, but this is definitely <laughs> the darkest timeline. I guess I could if I just shaved this part and this part off my beard. I could have the world's worst goatee, which would also be part of the darkest timeline. The, the, the mustache does not connect to the beard. Like, you're missing a vital pathway for evil. So yeah. Sharpie, Sharpie it in. Yeah. Sharpie it. <laughs> get it tattooed. <laughs> I'm going to get a tattoo like my aunt did with her fucking eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. God. You know that's yeah, what Steve yeah. Harvey does with his mustache? This is a tattoo. No. A lot of people don't no, know it's that. Not. <laughs> it's not. It's a it's he has a revolving set of caterpillars and once the caterpillar reaches puberty, it becomes a beautiful butterfly and it flies away from his face. So behind set, they have like a whole incubator room. They have butterflies fucking. It's a whole deal. <laughs> we got to get going because I could tell the edible is kicking in. <laughs> I just, it's too perfect of a mustache. So I feel like it has to be fake. But I'm like, what kind of psychosis makes somebody <laughs> like glue that mustache onto their face every damn day? If you, if you want the honest truth, and this is something that I've had confirmed because both myself and other people have worked uh, as audience members for Steve Harvey's show. 
Um, it is a real mustache, but they fill it in with this like really dark makeup that makes it look more full than it is. It's what Drake puts in his beard. Okay, that makes oh, sense. Got it. So to believers of the Mandela effect, all of these instances are evidence and possibly also a warning of deadlier events that might come in our near future. So you can imagine how frustrating it is that nobody seems to care. <laughs> I don't know. I remember in my timeline that Drake was in a wheelchair, but now he's not. So. <laughs> I mean, if you truly believe that there is something destroying the world or that is causing evil in the world and there are people that are just like, yeah, I don't fucking care. That's not real. Like, it's kind of how we feel about climate change, you know? Yeah. So I get it. You know, like if you really think like, hey, this is a big deal. People are like, that's not even real. I get how you would get upset about it. Yeah, this is Andrea when she starts talking about like capitalists. Like, <laughs> like if you bring up Jeff Bezos to her, she just like freaks out. It's hilarious. Shut up. I don't know about you guys, but I remember that the sun had a tail. Uh, and I'm mad that that's not true. <laughs> you mean the son of Satan? Yes, he does. Accurate. <laughs> I actually, I, I don't think he does. What? I don't know. I, I mean, effectively... Probably looks more like a you know a ball of wings and eyes that's very bright, uh, but you know bright like me, like bright, like bright like smart, but dumb in in, in terms of Scientology. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Satan's smart in terms of Scientology. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that tracks. Oh God. So we covered this mentality a lot in our Flat Earther episode and even a little bit in our series on the Satanic Panic 2. But when you're one of the only people paying attention to a horrible secret, you're bound to feel like a victim. But unlike those other two conspiracies, the enemy isn't human or like a fucking amalgam of government employees. The enemy is reality itself. You fucking yikes, oh, Neo. Man. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, that you didn't take an edible. You took the fucking red pill, Andrea. <laughs> You're deep in the oh, shit I now. I can just see the code now. You don't even understand. I know kung fu. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that if you decode the code in Matrix, it just says a bunch of really shitty things about women. And it's that, that was the real red pilling all along. Oh, it's actually a boo. sushi recipe, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to understand the Mandela effect, we need to look at its conception. Like I mentioned earlier, it was originally theorized by a scientific researcher named Fiona Broom. What I didn't mention was who Fiona Broom is. She describes herself as one of the leading experts in the field of paranormal research. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh, no, but oh, yes. Oh, no, as in I have definitely probably seen her on the History Channel watching something that I shouldn't take seriously. Uh, but oh, yes, as in please making that content. Keep, please keep <laughs> making that content. To turn my brain into mush to make quarantine seem palatable. Over the years, Fiona has authored a number of books on the subject, including Ghost Hunting in Haunted Cemeteries, a how-to guide, Ghost Hunting <laughs> Photography 101, It's Not Just Dust. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
It's definitely dust dust. <laughs> <laughs> like, as someone who like is fascinated by ghost hunters, it's dust. 100%. <sighs> I love the idea that anyone named Broom is trying to deny the existence of dust. <laughs> <laughs> and my personal favorite, Kicking Back in Texas, uh, a children's book about fun Texas trivia uh, despite the fact that she herself is from Florida. So what? <laughs> what? I really hope that it's like kicking back in Texas, a fun Texas guide. And then it's just page after page of Confederate ghost stories. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> kicking back in Texas. It's not just dust. <laughs> Actually, history buffs. I don't know if the Confederacy extended as far as Texas. I think they were still their own state at that point. But. Yeah, I was going to say Texas is kind of a republic where they leaned more to that side, but I believe they actually... They were independent at that time. They became yeah. part of the United States I think in like after the Civil War. I believe so. Fucking nerds. Double, triple check that for yeah, me. Yeah, sorry but. guys. I don't understand. You're good. History people at us. Or don't. <laughs> Please don't. With over 40 years of experience in her field, it's safe to say that Fiona is an important person in the independent ghost hunting community, and at least a notable person in the kicking it in Texas community, too. So. <laughs> She's a VIP, a very important paranormal. <laughs> the rest of you are just dust. God. Her, her reputation as an educator for aspiring ghost hunters is what earned her an invitation to an event called Dragon Con in 2009. Okay, wait. Mm, hold on. Dragon Con? Yeah, Dragon Con. For those of you that are unfamiliar, Dragon Con is the second most popular multi-genre convention in the United States behind Comic-Con. Although second place is kind of misleading uh, because in like 2015, Dragon Con had 70,000 attendees while Comic Con was boasting 167,000. So it's not like a close second. It's like less than half of what Comic Con is. Okay. Okay. So it's Comic Con's B side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Comic Con's weird little cousin is, is really what it is. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and regardless of the amount of attendees, to a lot of people, it's still a very big deal, and 2009 was no exception. There were a ton of panels and events that year that are still listed online to this day, um, like a panel titled Footwear, Friend or Foe. Um, what? Um, <laughs> wait, what? Okay, Frodo, chill the fuck out. <laughs> Shoes, are they evil? <laughs> Here's the thing. I grew up in the country, okay? Summers, didn't wear a lot of shoes, but valuable on gravel. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes friend, sometimes foe. Yeah, yeah you don't need to wear <laughs> shoes, but it's a good idea to not get tetanus. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason right. they were invented. There was also a panel that our own Paige Wesley might attend one day called Bite Me, the first ladies of fangs <laughs> centered around female vampire novelists. Oh, let me guess. Anne Rice. <laughs> no, not at all. A Anne Rice and Charlene Harris just it was, it, hanging out on that panel. Was it Stephanie Meyer? No, 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 no. God, absolutely. No. It was two people I've never heard of and did not bother to Google afterwards. And if it was you and you listen to this, I'm so sorry. 
it wasn't. The, there's no crossover with that that person and a pol- cult podcast listener because there aren't I, enough horny vampires in this. You would be very surprised, Andrea. You'd be super surprised. I don't know if you know, uh, but the first man eater chapters that we posted have more engagement than any other thing we've posted on Patreon ever. Yeah, <laughs> like that, by I a mean, lot. Okay, that makes wild. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I haven't seen the analytics. I'd love to see them. I'd love to see these horny analytics. <laughs> Show me the sex numbers. And they're all just, instead of ones and zeros, it's just sixes and nines. But it's an infinite <laughs> repeating number of 69. Hell yeah. Uh, according to Fiona, the most significant event of Dragon Con 09 was happening behind the scenes. While waiting in the green room with a few other paranormal investigators, she received the shock of a lifetime. Dragon Khan's head of security, a man who only went by the name Shadow, which... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds like a cat that a child named. (laughs) He's definitely... He's definitely part wolf, and he's here to break up all the parties. (laughs) Does he wear one of those leather lock collars that he lost the key to? (laughs) No, that was just my employee for a while when I was in retail. I found pictures of that the other day, by the way. Oh, my God. Please send. (laughs) Oh, my God. I also just like, I think this is... I think this is actually fitting for a man named Shadow, but I can't find any pictures of him online. <laughs> and I was really trying very hard. I spent an hour and a half looking for photos of this man. For me, headcanon is that in group shots, there's just like a group and then he only appears as a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> or like dust. You can't, yeah, or dust. Like you can't see him. <laughs> Shadow, head of security, it's not just dust. (laughs) So sorry. So Dragon Con's head of security, a man that went only by the name Shadow, mentioned that some people think Nelson Mandela had died in the 80s. And luckily, this is the least shocking thing a man who calls himself Shadow could tell you. All right. It's <laughs> yeah. Oh. As far as the scale goes, it's pretty low on there. But Fiona was flabbergasted because she was one of those people. For years, she had remembered the death of South African anti-apartheid revolutionary Nelson Mandela having happened in the 80s. And as she looked around the room, she realized that she wasn't alone. Several of her contemporaries also remembered that Nelson Mandela had died a long time ago. And as they compared their notes, they quickly realized that there were a ton of similarities in their own memories. They all believed that Nelson Mandela had died in prison, that his funeral had been televised, and they especially remembered the image of his crying wife, Winnie. Also, all of this will come back later in the episode, so just make a mental note of those three things. Nelson Mandela died in prison, he had his funeral televised, and his wife was crying on camera. All right, That's really all you got to remember from that. Uh, As Dragon Con 09 went on, Fiona and her fellow rememberers coined the phrase the Mandela effect as they realized that more and more people shared their factually inaccurate memories. It became clear that this was no coincidence. It had to be a phenomenon. Straight up. 
I thought this whole time that it was the mandala effect, like that child's game. Oh my god! First of all, that child's game is named Mancala. Yeah. Oh, mandala shit. is like the design, like a paisley design kind of. That was just a fucking soup of wrong shit that you said right now. <laughs> it's the Mandela effect, Armando. Everyone oh, remembers shit. it this way. Yeah, That's maybe you're I'm right. Pull anytime I'm wrong about something, I'll just be like the Mandela effect. Oh my god, <laughs> it is the world's best excuse. Anytime I ever forget somebody's birthday, I'm just gonna be like, no, 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 wait. In my timeline, you were born on February third. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and they're like, February third was two weeks ago, and I'm like, oh my god. In my timeline, I totally gave you a gift. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> behind the curtain Armando is so his hair has gotten so wild from this episode <laughs> that he actually broke his glasses in protest uh, yeah my glasses that's did how just wild break. This is. yeah my yeah. glasses did just break I had to tape them back together which is fitting for a guy who just spent a bunch of time researching quantum mechanics so yeah. you're welcome yeah. <laughs> fucking nerd put that in your fucking headcanon everyone I took like Ooh. a quarter of an edible. You're good. You're fine. <laughs> In my timeline, you took the whole one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely feels that way a little bit. I'm going to take the other half after. <laughs> good. Good for you. So almost immediately after Dragon Con ended, Fiona called one of her publishers who suggested that she set up a website to find other people who shared her belief. Also, this is kind of how you know that something's bullshit. She called a person whose job it is to publish books and they went, yeah, man, I don't know, maybe just like make a website or something. Um, <laughs> I don't really just please stop calling me. Did you finish kicking it back in Texas too yet? All right. The fans are hungry. Who's hungry for Texas facts when you can have Texas toast? Ooh, Man, that's true. Is that one of the facts from her book? Because Texas toast is good. This book is dedicated to Texas toast. <laughs> Bring Whataburger to California. Bring Whataburger to California. This one's not a lie. Yes. I yeah, actually it want it. It's very good. I do really like it. Big I miss fan. Whataburger. Andrea and I went to Texas and uh, I forced her to go to Whataburger. How many times was it? Three? Three different times in the like few days that we went to Texas? Yeah, at least two. We also had like, we were there for a renewal of vows and we had many expensive dinners not paid for by us. And yet Armando was like, but that Whataburger. But that Whataburger, though. <laughs> there was one time also where uh, I got diarrhea from eating Whataburger. And <laughs> we were on the way somewhere. And I was like, you got to pull over. And the closest thing to take a shit in was a Whataburger. And... <laughs> So you ate more Whataburger to just like replenish your your stock? Yeah, after I completely annihilated their bathroom, I did order and eat more Whataburger. <laughs> Bring it to I California. I just can't quit you, Whataburger. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but Fiona followed her publisher's advice. And in 2010, the website MandelaEffect.com was born. The idea was simple to gather other people who were affected by this phenomena so that they could find a reasonable explanation. Spoiler alert, 
only the first part happened. They never really did get a good uh, scientific explanation. But almost immediately, people started flocking to her site to talk about how they had noticed the Mandela effect in their lives. And it wasn't long before they began finding other instances of the same effect everywhere else. And soon, the site became a catalog of examples. Like, when did Coca-Cola start putting a dash in the middle of their name? Or since when did the evil queen from Snow White say magic mirror on the wall instead of mirror mirror on the wall? And have you ever noticed that Darth Vader never actually says, Luke, I am your father? The list of instances and believers was growing, but they still didn't really have an explanation. And the real problem is that weed was not yet legalized anywhere. And that's probably why they had a hard time finding <laughs> followers. <laughs> I think the, the Luke, I am your father one comes from people spoofing it after the fact because like the original one is no i am your father search yourself you know it to be true and i think it's more just people making fun of it after and that's what sticks and catches on yeah there's also the the mirror mirror on the wall is the original words from the book and is also right. like the canonized version that gets used in every other disney thing ever afterwards so, like, it's only in that one movie that it's magic mirror on the wall. Like, a lot of these have very reasonable explanations that we will 100% get into later. So, uh, they didn't have any real problem finding a whole bunch of followers and believers and instances, but they did have a problem finding an explanation. And that's when some very smart members of the Mandela Effect community started stepping up. And one of the most widely spread videos, even by Fiona Broom herself, is from a genius named Max Lawfen, who currently focuses on the concept of infinite power sources. In his video, Max uses a dark and mysterious form of witchcraft known as quantum mechanics. <laughs> I'm so scared. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> it's also sometimes called the devil's math class. Uh, it's oh, fuck. pretty fucking awful. Now, I'm going to get into some science a little later on. But for now, we're only looking at how the community interprets these ideas. So if you're like a fucking physics major or something, save your fucking angry email. All right. Just save it as a draft <laughs> and then fucking finish it after you finish the episode. Because I'm sure there's something else I fucked up. But like, I get it. Send it in another timeline. Yeah, exactly. In another timeline, I got everything fucking right. <laughs> so Max's explanation for why the Mandela effect occurs is based around two scientific ideas, Schrodinger's cat and Hugh Everett's doctoral thesis on the many worlds theory. Now, Schrodinger's cat is pretty simple. You put a cat in a box for a long time and the cat is both dead and alive until you check by opening the box. It's the, in science, we call it the Joe Exotic principle, all right? It's very, <laughs> very easy shit. <laughs> My cat is a box. What? Get it? Oh, like a, like a pussy? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I like how I can translate edible Andrea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Oh my God. Yeah. Schrodinger's cat, very simple to grasp, but Hugh Everett's many worlds theory is a sort of addition to this idea. Everett claims that when you open the box, you're actually creating two worlds. 
one in which the cat is alive, and another where the cat is dead. Congrats, you have two timelines, and in both of them, you should not be allowed to have pets. All right, that's the only thing thing we've learned from this. Um, And now I talked to a friend of the show, an actual scientist, Robert Timothy, from the podcast Science Faction, which, by the way, if you're not already listening to them, start now because you're fucking missing out. Uh, Also, I'm going to be on the show in a couple weeks. So here's a warning. Uh, also, Bobby's been on the show before. He was our explosives expert for um, Om Shinrikyo. Yeah. Yeah. Om Shinrikyo. And uh, also, he was on the Colonia Dignidad episodes as well. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he's he's been on the, the show a lot. Uh, you might, longtime fans might remember him as the guy that knew how to make big, big bombs. All right? It's... Yep. Um, he's a very fun guy. Very, very smart, too. Uh, according to Bobby... The many worlds theory is actually the currently accepted idea when it comes to quantum mechanics. This is something that I didn't necessarily realize was like a widely accepted fact. It basically states that every time a decision is made, a new timeline opens up where the opposite thing happened. And then maybe a handful of other timelines where some other shit happens too. It's, you know, it's the, the like the multiverse theory, essentially. If you've watched Rick and Morty, you kind of get it. Yeah, if you watch Rick and Morty, you're too smart for this podcast, all right? Because <laughs> the average IQ of the Rick and Morty fan is way above what a normal person's IQ is. Only in Scientology IQ points, though. <laughs> <laughs> According to Everett's doctoral thesis, these new timelines sit right next to each other in different dimensions, but aren't supposed to cross over. Think of it like a road that keeps breaking off into smaller roads that go in different directions. They're similar, but they never actually cross over again. That is, until, according to Max Laughlin, the scientists at CERN in Switzerland started fucking around with the Large Hadron Collider. And if you're unfamiliar, the Hadron Collider is this big-ass machine that allows photons to run at one millionth of the speed of light, which is kind of like uh, the universe's speed limit. If you go faster than that, the universe will pull you over um, (laughs) and give you a really big ticket. Uh, The point of the machine is to collide these very small particles into each other so that scientists can see what they're made of. So, like, um, essentially, in terms that we can understand, imagine you broke your TV remote and you don't know how to fix it, so you smash it against the floor and now it breaks open and there's, like, a bunch of gears and, like, gizmos and whatever. Um, and, the yeah, the remote is broken forever, but now if you study all these gears, eventually you can learn how TV remotes work. That's basically what they're doing. They're trying to see what's up. <laughs> Yeah, that's the it's it's the anatomy dissection method. Yeah. I liked that you listed that out the way that the little mermaid does. Where you're like gadgets and gizmos galore. <laughs> that's what everything's made up of according to science. Ooh. However, when you collide particles, a lot of wacky shit starts to happen. Like the fact that CERN actually recreated a mini big bang in their laboratory. And according to Max Laughlin, this is a huge fucking problem. Because when you create a miniature universe, you can alter the way that our universe acts right fucking now. 
And Max goes so far as to claim that when these experiments started in 2008, they actually ripped a hole in our reality, which forced two timelines sitting side by side in another dimension to join as one. Meaning our reality is like a quilt made from two other realities. Whoa. Bro. Dude. When Fiona and her community heard about this, they ate that shit up. A starting point of 2008 made sense since she didn't discover the anomaly in her memory until 2009. This is when the Mandela effect became an issue. Suddenly the community had their explanation. It also made sense to them why shit has been getting so goddamn scary in recent years. But now they had a new problem. Nobody else was taking them seriously. Um, And part of it was because the initial concept was put forth by a paranormal researcher and a man named Dragon, who was the head of security. (laughs) Or sorry, he was a man named Shadow, who was the head of security at Dragon Con. Sorry, Dragon is the head of security at Shadow Con. I get those two confused all the time. Right, 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 right. But the other part was because the genius Max Laughlin... um, isn't technically a working scientist. He was a 13-year-old boy with a YouTube account. So... (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. But hear me out. Credit for creativity because that shit slaps. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Like, that's the kind of shit that people have been talking about in college dorms while they're high on shrooms for years. (laughs) And that kid just distilled it down into, like, a subplot of one of the, uh, like, Da Vinci Code novels. Like, it's kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. He's a really, really, really smart kid. Like, he he understands a lot about science. Um, but the a lot of the breakdowns of what he said can basically be explained as, like, he is so smart. And he definitely understands a lot about science. Uh, but the conclusions that he's making are totally not factual and he's not providing any amount of sources for his opinions like how he claims that all physicists decided that the hadron collider would eventually result in our universe imploding in on itself and all physicists were like wait no we didn't say that (laughs) right (laughs) just want to know what grade you would get on a creative writing paper if it sparked a conspiracy theory (laughs) a plus dude (laughs) like I'd give that kid an A. That shit's amazing. But you would get, you would for sure get an F in a physics class. Like, absolutely. <laughs> hey, yo, did you see this 13-year-old who wrote a Michael Crichton novel? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's... the the My favorite part of the video, by the way, is that uh, it's just him sitting in his kitchen being filmed on a phone by his dad. And midway through the video, his younger brother walks into the kitchen not wearing a shirt and he just like microwaves what i think is a burrito and then walks out (laughs) that's the child that they've let just fend for himself yeah 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 he's the one that they're not paying attention to at all and he's like i'm gonna be a twitch streamer (laughs) (laughs) so if the main proponents of this theory are teenagers and paranormal researchers then what do the actual scientists have to say about the mandela effect This brings us to my favorite part of cult podcasts. A stoner with no college education got high and learned about smart stuff. 
Uh, <laughs> strap in, folks, because we're about to dive headfirst into quantum mechanics. Hey. Yay! Thank you, Bobby. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Bobby. I talked Shout with Bobby. I talked with Bobby, aka Robert Timothy, for about um, an hour. Yeah, about an hour and some change uh, to, to understand a lot of the stuff. And I want to be clear. What I'm about to explain are just like three principles of an extremely complicated field that takes countless years to even partially understand. And I did my research while I was high as hell and drunk on White Claw. All right. So <laughs> although I am pretty confident uh, in saying that I think I understand this stuff just as well, if not better than the Mandela effect community does. So... <laughs> There you go. Feeling pretty good there. In the simplest of terms, quantum mechanics are how we understand the science of really small shit. Because things like electrons are so tiny that they don't adhere to classical mechanics like we do. So a bunch of European nerds had to invent a way to understand them. Uh, this is because particles are so small you can't see them the way that you can see big stuff like a car or my penis. You know, it's <laughs> it doesn't work. I thought you same. said big stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it sounds like a flex, but technically I just said my penis is bigger than a than an electron, um, which is technically true because it's roughly the size of two electrons. So. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, anyway, photons and electrons require special tools just to see them, um, exactly like my penis. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrench. <laughs> and these tools hit the particles with other small things so that they can be detected by our equipment. However, the downside of this process is that it means you have to exert some type of force, which changes the way that the particles act in their own environment. Basically, we only know how particles act when we hit them and not how they behave normally. And why is this bad? Well, just ask any kid that grew up in the 90s or their current therapist. <laughs> in terms of electrons, though, it's bad because particles don't adhere to the same rules that we do. On our level, you're either here or you're there. You're either dead or you're alive. But electrons can be both at the same time. They can be at point A and point B simultaneously. Likewise, they can be healthy and dying at the same time, just like the average college student. Because, <laughs> listen, you can't live on ramen noodles and Red Bull forever, all right? Your body's going to die. Watch me try. <laughs> all I can think of is that line from The Last Unicorn where she turns from a unicorn into a human and she just says, I can feel this body dying all around me. <laughs> That's a children's show. That's a children's Jesus. cartoon. I am unfamiliar with this children's cartoon, and now Andrea makes so much more sense. <laughs> Peter S. Beagle, what's up? Love them unicorns. Red Bull 2. So this <laughs> is more or less the idea behind quantum mechanics. However, there's a lot of loose ends that haven't exactly been tied up yet, and this leads to some differing opinions on how the science actually works and what role we play in the laws of physics. For example, we used to believe what this really smart dude named Heisenberg believed. Um, in science terms, he stated that if you really need money, it's okay to sell meth because it's, <laughs> because it's for your family. <laughs> Minerals, Marie. <laughs> yes. 
No, uh, Heisenberg knew that electrons exist in more than one state. Basically, they're at point A and point B at the same time, and they're simultaneously decaying and not decaying until you seem to look at them, until you observe them. So they could be both in Florida and Texas at the same time writing a book about the other, right? <laughs> yes. yes. I, I was going to go New Mexico and California, but yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, because again, when you look at an electron, you hit it with a wave or another particle or whatever, and it forces it to become one or the other. So Heisenberg comes up with this idea that basically says when we as an observer look at a particle, we force it to take a position. You can kind of say that like when we look at an electron, we force it to adhere to our laws of physics, like classical mechanics. Yeah, because you we want something to be... We want to be able to quantify it and say, it's this right now. Yeah. So when it's really, really small and no one's looking at it, 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 it adheres to a whole different laws of physics. But when we look at it, it adheres to our laws of physics. And if this sounds confusing, it's because it really fucking is. All right. It's what we've learned so far is that once things get too small, they don't follow the same laws of physics that us big things have to follow. Like how once you get rich enough, regular laws no longer apply to you. It's like the same exact concept. <laughs> I'm fucking looking at you, Ted Cruz, you slimy fuck. All right. You can't live on margaritas and taxpayer money forever you dick if you like pina coladas do 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 and causing insurrections do, <laughs> do, do. i was gonna say so what you're telling me is that essentially these particles are growers not showers <laughs> in a way yes uh thank you thank you <laughs> My, my, oh, my no. full point is that there seems to be this disconnect in how physics works between how physics works for us and how physics works for particles. And this is where Schrodinger's cat comes in. Schrodinger, one of the best European nerds around, wanted to point out that it's really fucked up how these rules only apply to really small stuff. Because without a unified theory to link the two sets of rules, it's obvious that we're missing a piece of the puzzle and wacky shit like this can be theorized and considered a law. So Schrodinger's cat was a thought experiment that Schrodinger came up with while sending letters to Albert Einstein. Or uh, I think it might have been Albert Einstein. I can never remember. <laughs> All I know is he was in that genie movie. <laughs> that genie movie was definitely a thought experiment. <laughs> No, I'm saying. All of my selfies are thought experiments. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that Albert Einstein used to have a tail, but now he doesn't anymore? You can look at it. <laughs> also, now, yeah, I want to I wanna take that picture of Albert Einstein with his tongue out and, and add in the sound effect of Cardi B like, ah, and then above it, just ah. write thought experiment. I want that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone please make that. Please. <laughs> Broke boys don't deserve no protons. I know that's right. <laughs> Oh, my God. So so the thing about Schrodinger's cat was that not only was it not an actual experiment or a scientific statement like Fiona Broom seems to think, but the actual concept was also more complicated than just putting a cat in a box. Schrodinger proposed that if you seal the box with an electron in it and you attach that electron to a machine that detects radiation, you wouldn't know if it decayed or not until you checked it. In quantum mechanics, this makes sense, but it doesn't to our big people brains. 
So enter the cat. The radiation detector in the box would be set up so that if the radiation was detected, a hammer would smash a bottle of acid that would pour all over the cat that was also inside the box. Um, so if you use quantum mechanics on the cat, then technically the cat is both alive and dead until you open the box. Uh, but the thing is, is that cats are a lot bigger than electrons. Um, so in the real world, using classical mechanics, the cat isn't both dead and alive, it's just alive, or you made the world's worst smoothie. Um, no, no. Yeah. I think the saddest part about this to me is just how much cats love boxes. Like a cat yes. will just jump in a box unprompted, and now you're saying that it's going to be punished for its joy? <laughs> That's evil. <laughs> McCready was in a box earlier and then we sealed it up and passed it back and forth for fun and then opened it up so he could pop out of it. <laughs> That's so cute. It was cute. a great game for oh the whole God, family. Page. That's adorable. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. I want videos. <laughs> oh, well, it's not that exciting. It's just Jake and I holding an Amazon box closed, passing it back and forth, and then him popping out. That's so cute. The point of Schrodinger's cat, by the way, just so I make sure that everyone's on board, is that the particle uh, either decayed or it didn't, and you won't really know until you check. Uh, and that makes sense uh, according to quantum mechanics. Um, but the cat is not dead and alive until you open it. It's just one or the other because it doesn't adhere to our, you know, to quantum mechanics. It adheres to classical right. mechanics. And so yeah. it wasn't like a scientific idea. It wasn't like a scientific statement. In all honesty, it was a fucking nerd joke that he wrote in a letter to Albert Einstein. That's what it is. And that's a thing that I didn't know for years is it's not like a thing that he made to like explain shit or like a thing that he used as like a way to explain that there are multiple possibilities. No, it was a fucking joke that he wrote to his buddy and was like, yeah, people are fucking stupid. What you're telling me is Nelson Mandela is dead? <laughs> well he is now yeah. or is sure, he sure 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 or is he somebody should be asking these questions oh no god no guys <laughs> and all of this brings us home to the many worlds theory uh because of aforementioned shows like rick and morty or fucking stuff from comic books most of us are familiar with the idea of the many worlds theory Every choice you make creates a new timeline in which the opposite choice was also taken. This means that there are actually an infinite number of timelines in existence. A crisis on infinite Earths, if you will. <laughs> yes. However, Hugh Everett's doctoral thesis, which is what most Mandela Effect believers seem to quote, is closer to a mix between Schrodinger's cat and Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Remember that Heisenberg said that when you chose to look at a particle, you force it to become either one or the other. It's either point A or point B. Many Worlds says that's kind of wrong. Everett stated that whenever you decide to observe a particle and it becomes one or the other, what's actually happening is that you're creating two timelines. One in which it's at point A and another where it's at point B. Pretty trippy, but he was actually just trying to make a point about how scientists should view themselves in the grand scheme of things. If you believe Heisenberg, then we as an observer force a particle to decide a position that fits into classical mechanics. But whatever it was saying was that when you choose to observe a particle, you enter that system and that, and, and that uncertainty, it still exists. It's just somewhere else. 
Does that make sense? So like instead of a particle becoming one or the other, there's just two worlds where in one world it is in point A and in the other world it's in point B. It doesn't become one. It's just the same quantum mechanics on a grander scale. And he wasn't really making a point about how many timelines there are. He was kind of making a point about like, hey, scientists, you're not fucking God. All right. Like you're part of the same system. It's not that observing it forces it to be one. Quantum mechanics still apply. It's the probability of one or the other as opposed to the factual like it is one or the other yeah heisenberg stated essentially like to boil it down heisenberg stated that when you look at it it forces it to be one or the other which means it stops being uncertain but what everett says is when you look at it it's still uncertain you just are not living in the timeline where the other thing happens it's still there it's just you know you enter the system okay now it's just somewhere else it's still both it's just that you have entered a timeline in which it's one and there's another timeline where it's still the other because you you're viewing what is happening in front of you in your timeline but you will never know what would have happened had you made the other choice but that could still be happening in an alternate universe yeah and technically speaking it is happening it's just that right. that that's the thing it's still both you just don't know because you can only see one and again right. it was more it was less to look at something scientifically and more of this guy being like you're not fucking special just because you look at it doesn't mean it stops being science that was basically the point of his doctoral thesis um anyway why is all of this shit important because not only is science against what fiona broom believes but also all the stuff that these people are quoting isn't even about what they think it's about if anything, the lesson you should walk away with is that quantum mechanics is so complex and confusing that we as like fucking normal people should never assume that we understand it because it's fuck it's like they turn English into a second language, all right? It it doesn't it stops making sense to my brain after a certain point. But there are a ton of logical explanations for these shared false memories that adhere to science that we can all understand. The basis of which is something that we just got done talking about in our series on the satanic panic. It all boils down to this. Memory is stupid. All right? Yeah. <laughs> when I talked to Bobby, he tried to explain in a nutshell how memory works. Because we used to think that memories were stored in the brain like files on a hard drive. But it turns out they're more like temporary files stored on RAM. They're impermanent, fallible, and very prone to corruption from an outside source, just like the average politician. <laughs> oh, also me, for sure. <laughs> so every time you remember something, you're not remembering the original memory. You're bringing up a copy of the last time you remembered it. This means that every time you remember something, that memory gets a little bit corrupted until it's totally different. And there are a ton of factors here. How you feel emotionally... Uh, new context that gets added um, you could also like it, it, it can change based on how the question gets brought up to access that memory uh, like uh, okay Andrea describe to me what Mr. Monopoly looks like uh, he is a tiny old white man with a big white mustache and a top hat and he's wearing a tuxedo for some reason and he has like a cane and what else I think he's wearing glasses maybe glasses i think so no i think it's a monocle yeah yeah i think it's a monocle yeah uh mr monopoly does not have a monocle 
but that's kind of that's kind of the point if you if if you keep i asked a bunch of my friends about mr monopoly um and the way that i asked it is so leading that it forces you to remember this monocle because i just keep asking you like you described everything you described the tuxedo the top hat the cane uh but then i said and then what else and then you guys were very certain that he had a monocle also number two uh some people call him mr monopoly but his real name is just the monopoly man um Interesting. What I did was I mixed your memory of the Monopoly man with Mr. Peanut, who also has a cane, a top hat, yes. and a monocle. Mm. Yeah, that it's, makes sense. When that you, makes sense. When you ask somebody leading questions like this, which I almost fucking guarantee you all of these paranormal researchers were doing because they're not fucking scientists. They're just like, hey, do you remember that Nelson Mandela died in the 80s? And somebody could just be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that did happen. And then you just become sure because you access that memory while being fed this corrupted, like, verbiage. Does that make sense? It's the same way that you get false in confession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is why unlocked, quote-unquote, unlocked memories are, are so dangerous. Because, yes, your memories can be impacted by trauma, obviously. But then trying to reaccess them is very difficult because people will often be asked leading questions. Oh, yeah. By people trying to help them remember things. And it's very easy to influence somebody's memory. They did this really great study in the 70s that I was reading about for this episode where they showed a bunch of people uh, footage of car crashes, right? Um, and then they asked those people what speed were the cars going when they smashed? And then they asked people what speed were the cars going when they collided? And then they, they asked what speed were the cars going when they bumped into each other? And depending on the verbiage, people answered slower uh, speeds. Um, they also asked them if they saw glass when the cars smashed, glass when the cars collided, and glass when, glass when the cars bumped into each other. And depending on the verbiage, people remembered the car crashes being way more violent than they actually were. Interesting. Yeah, it all comes mm -hmm. down to like the way that you access it. The way that Bobby explained it is like you could ask somebody like, hey, uh, Andrea, do you remember uh, the last time we recorded the podcast? Yes. Yeah, you remember when Paige ripped that wicked fucking fart? And like she did not. No, but that's no, she did it. That's like the same way that you could kind of corrupt something. Like if you add new information when somebody's accessing a memory that might be a thing that they get associated with with it and they might not associate it right now but they might the next time they access it because memory gets corrupted every single time you access it i think this is oh it was this time it was an alternate timeline in which <laughs> page ripped a wicked page fart. ripped a wicked was... fart a wicked fart <laughs> i can smell it <laughs> Oh I have God. to leave. I have to go. Uh, <laughs> this has been a great podcast. You guys are great. Uh, I mean, it, I, I think it's also the way, too, of how, like, you know, you can get in a fight with someone and then you say you, there's, like, a fight with your mom and then you guys talk about it years later and, like, she doesn't think that fight existed yeah. or she thinks a different thing happened. Like, it's just memory is so fallible and so based on perception. Yeah. Or like when things happen when you're a kid, they might seem scarier than they actually were because, you know, you're thinking of it like a kid, like a big fucking adult is yelling at you. And your mom, she could have just been like frustrated or and I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying that, like, right. you know, that's how the memories work. And specifically with the Monopoly Man and Mr. Peanut. That's just your brain looking for patterns. Like Mr. Peanut has a top hat, a cane, and a fancy like dress stuff on. Like not a uh, clothing, but he has like nice shoes, gloves, all that shit. 
the Monopoly man has a top hat, a cane, and nice dress shit, so it makes sense that he would also have a monocle. It's just your brain looking for patterns. And yeah, you- if you guys don't already know, uh, if you're low on cash, you can actually just wear a peanut shell as a tuxedo <laughs> to prom. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I think this comes up. This comes up a lot on Horror Virgin when we deal with sequels or we're watching the first movie in a series of movies that's well established. Um, if any of you listen to our Terminator episode, we all at one point in the episode said, I thought I remembered that when they traveled through time, it carved out like a hole where they land. And I had to basically reveal in my notes that, no, that starts in Terminator 2. But because we've all seen Terminator 2, we kind of backfilled that information for Terminator Mm. 1, even though it's not there, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can use this logic to find out why most people misremember stuff that they attribute to the Mandela effect. Like people thought it was Baron Steen because Steen is a more common end to a surname than Stain is. Um, Yeah. In fact, there are interviews with the the show's creator's kid who basically said that his entire life, people mispronounced his name as Berenstein. Like, he was like, he just stopped. He gave up on correcting people after a certain point because he was like, yeah, they always fucking get my name wrong. So, of course, everyone else remembered it being the other way. But what about the big one? Why do so many people remember so clearly that Nelson Mandela died in prison during the 80s and his funeral was broadcast on television? Like with most of these explanations, we can't know for sure, but I think I have a pretty good theory. In school, when we learned about apartheid, we learned a lot about Nelson Mandela. This is the guy most people remember when it comes to the fight against racism in South Africa, but he was by no means the only player. In fact, there's another just as important figure, Steve Biko. Steve Biko was another revolutionary fighting against apartheid alongside Mandela. And unlike Mandela, who was freed in 1990 and later became South Africa's president, Steve Biko actually did die in prison in 1974, and his story was a pretty big event even then. So big that they actually made a movie about him called Cry Freedom, starring Denzel Washington. Oh my god, yes! And one of the most memorable scenes from this Academy Award-nominated film was the funeral scene, which featured multiple cuts of Biko's wife crying. This movie came out in the 80s. Yep. It's possible that someone not really familiar with the situation could have joined these two memories together in a a fascinating display of accidental slight racism. Um, Yeah. In fact, not being fully aware of something seems to be at the heart of a lot of these misconceptions, both in science and in the supposed consequences of the Mandela effect. Like, did Donald Trump suddenly become president because two universes collided? Or was he constantly running for office since the 80s? Is COVID-19 a thing that appeared out of nowhere? Or have scientists been warning us about a possible coronavirus pandemic for years? Like we've covered multiple times over multiple episodes. Sometimes it's just easier to believe in a grand conspiracy against us rather than to admit that the world is a scary place. And that sometimes, just maybe, you aren't remembering something correctly. Except for Shazam featuring Sinbad. That shit's fucking real. And no one would, no one's ever going to fucking convince me otherwise. 
And that brings us to an end on our episode on the Mandela effect. Yes. Fascinating. A very truly fascinating episode. I um it's a little bit of a of a different kind of cult podcast episode where like there's no honest to goodness leader and even Fiona Broom eventually kind of copped out a little bit and she was like, Yeah, I mean you should always like ask questions about like, somebody should be asking these questions. <laughs> somebody should be asking these questions. Like, is it real? Is it not real? I don't know, but I definitely remember that Mandela died. And then people brought up like the Steve Biko thing and she was like, No, I don't think that's it. I gotta go. <laughs> oh my god. It's um it's so I'm so glad that this part of my life is over that I no longer have to research quantum mechanics. My hair got crazier <laughs> through the recording I was just of this episode. Say, yeah, Armando can finally go uh put his hair to sleep. Uh <laughs> yeah. I I stayed up researching until about five AM last night, uh, after which I fell asleep. Uh, and then I woke up, well, I thought I woke up around 12 noon, uh, but then Andrea texted me to, t- to inform me that she had called me around 10 a.m., which is a thing that I don't remember, so it must have happened on a different timeline. Um, but then I checked my yeah. phone, and the call was there, and so then I knew that the Mandela effect was real and that it was a sign. <laughs> Armando and Paige had been talking in the group chat about when we were going to record whether recording today or tomorrow and I had plans with a friend. So I was like, I just want to nail this down. So I was like, I'll just get to the bottom of it and call Armando. Cause he almost never checks his Facebook. Uh, and so I did. And then we just had a whole conversation that he couldn't remember. <laughs> well, I'm glad we figured it out and got this recorded. Yeah. But now, now I'm worried about going on science faction like a week <laughs> and a half. And I'm like, am I going to be more confused? Oh no. <laughs> Do you know what your topic is going to be on science faction I- yet? I don't. I find out like the day before. Okay. So, and, and I, like when Bobby asked me to do it, I was like, you know, I'm bad at science, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty great though. He's like, no, no, no. I'm good at science. That's the whole reason we do this. You just have to be there and be funny. And I'm like, all right. Cool. Yeah. I had a whole hour long conversation with Bobby and who, by the way, is 100% going to be joining us for a speculation zone episode in the very near future. Um, yes. I love working with Bobby. Bobby's so uh, I can't so say enough sweet. about science faction. He's Bobby is one of these rare people who's very smart and very uh, very well versed in a lot of science who can also very clearly and concisely explain to you the science in a way that your brain can understand. And he also doesn't get mad at you at all if you have to like ask questions. Like he truly and honestly loves the 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 process of like explaining shit to other people. Yeah, real Bill Nye energy. Yeah, <laughs> but less like uh, pompous and yeah, yeah and yeah, weird yeah, yeah. and way <laughs> less bow ties which is the one thing that i have against him fewer fewer yeah um but yeah this episode uh just like every episode is uh brought to you by the motion picture shazam uh shazam <laughs> star, star co- comedy powerhouse sinbad no Mm-mm, no. Oh my God, Sid, man, I love you. Please come on the show. I know you listen. Um, what? No, what? <laughs> no, he absolutely does no, not. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a fucking alternate timeline in which Sinbad listens to cult podcasts and has come. There's an alternate timeline where Andrea isn't on the show, and instead it's Sinbad, and me and Sinbad <laughs> dated for a long time. <laughs> I would love to see that relation, truly and honestly. I want him to play my butt like a drum. But also, 
Sinbad is always only wearing the weird vest from Aladdin. <laughs> also, <laughs> the shirtless vest look. Like, what's that vest doing? Nothing. It's doing nothing. Oh my god. There's also an alternate timeline where the ca- the 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 band Radiohead hosts this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that I feel like yours and Sinbad's kids would look like Drake. <gasps> Just putting that out there. Giant Drake. Oh my God, yes. Sinbad. They'd be super tall Drake. Mecca Drake. <laughs> Sinbad, get at me, please. The beard would be alive somehow. <laughs> Sinbad, please get at me. Started from Shazam, now we're here. <laughs> this episode is actually brought to you by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donors. <laughs> Uh, This episode is brought to you in part by uh, a person who left the following message. Hey guys, I've been a longtime listener and thought it's about time I become a patron and give back a fraction of all the joy that y'all have brought me. Thanks for everything and keep up the horny, goofy, lovely content. (laughs) Oh boy, yours truly, two stacked lasagnas. (laughs) <laughs> yes hurtful yes. two hurtful. lasagnas forever mm, uh two stacked lasagnas we will be refunding your uh patreon donation <laughs> no 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 we no, don't no. need your fucking uh-uh. dirty two lasagna money get the fuck out of here we do we do stay strong <laughs> You know, I am honestly, here's the thing. We have done, when we first launched the Patreon, we did like actual research and we like wrote episodes and now Paige just comes in here with horny vampire content and every single person wants a piece of this vampire action. Yeah, that's what, uh, this is a, join, uh, sign up for our Patreon, by the way, at patreon.com slash cult podcast, because the content we're, that we're posting right now is horny as hell, but the content we're, that we're posting in the future, too, is going to be fun as shit. We're going to have Bobby on talking about science, we're going to talk about fucking Ouija boards, we're going to have, like, fun fire madness episodes where shit just gets wild as hell. Just get get in there. Patreon.com slash cult podcast, please join. Yeah, and uh, hey, if you're looking for a fun new place to listen to the podcast that also shares your sensibilities on lasagnas and the quantum mechanics of stacking one on top of the other, isn't it weird how a lasagna can both be one tall lasagna and two lasagnas at the same time, depending on where you are in the Wait, universe? I was going to say, it's it, as you're thinking of stacking them, they are both one and two. Is that what we're at yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. On a quantum level, oh, they are technically me. both I'm two so lasagnas. What's that called? Pasta mechanics. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! If you're looking for a, I want to forget a chini. This conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Spaghetti about it. Spaghetti about it. That's very good. Um, If you're looking for a fun new place to listen to the podcast that has become just a a a a fucking Italian food pun based hour of mess. May we suggest rooster teeth? Andrea's face when she made that fucking noise was so funny. Oh my god. Uh Rooster Teeth is a great place. It's the home of our podcast for right now. Uh we've got a bunch of episodes up there right now. We're trying to add more all the time. 
Um, they've also got a ton of other really fun content on there, like uh, Dead Little Roosters, uh, Ruby, Red vs. Blue, and also a bunch of other podcasts that you should check out that are our friends, like Good Morning From Hell, starring Blaine Gibson, and Red Web, and Black Box Down, and a bunch of the fucking i can't even list all of the ones that i listen to oh also dude soup which i was on uh recently where i talked about cults and girl scout cookies and that's about it so go listen to that the most delicious cult it was a lot of fun and i got to hang out with my new funhouse friends and they're super great um dude soup sounds like something that a horny vampire would eat Or something that you have to clean out of you after an unfortunate night encounter. No, Paige. No, that's how you get vagina ghosts. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. That's a. We have have to end this podcast (laughs) before the edible kicks in completely. That's a a Facebook group joke if you want to join our (laughs) Facebook group. Every episode, we put a deeper and deeper strain on our business relationships with everyone that we've ever worked with. And I will never stop. We're fucking punk rock. <laughs> I'll burn this contract to the ground, baby. <laughs> we don't even please don't. Please don't. It's a really good one. They've been very good to us. This is the best. I love them as a company so much. Um, oh, my God. I can't. Hey, if you want uh, to follow me on social media so you can keep track of all the shit that I'm doing, uh, including starting a a Twitch channel soon where we're going to have a lot of fun uh, times, a lot of fun things that we're doing. Uh, We're going to play, I think, if everything goes right, check my Instagram and Twitter to make sure. But I think this Friday we'll be playing Jackbox Games with a lot of, uh, well, all of the hosts from Colt Podcast, Um, a couple of our friends from Horror Virgin and uh some of our rooster teeth buddies so yeah come on through it's gonna be it's gonna be fun on a bun i've been watching a lot of futurama and i gotta let that not permeate into my regular (laughs) shit (laughs) anyway yeah follow me on social media it's uh everywhere instagram twitter twitch fucking everywhere at mondo does stuff m-a-n-d-o does stuff if you guys want to send me photos of your alternate reality self i want to see them i want to know your backstory oh my god yes i want it so bad send them to me on all the things at andrea gazetta or at sundress comic um also some quick little news from me i have some limited edition hand tie-dyed hoodies uh, for sale in my shop at andreagazetta.com slash shop. Um, they are all made with 100% sweatshop free work, which means that every single person who touches this product receives a living wage, except for me because I live in America. Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I pay myself. Uh, and 10% of the profits from that go to refilling the local food pantry here in south pasadena which i've been doing on fridays and as soon as i refill it it's gone in the afternoon so that is how hungry people are because our government does nothing so if you want to help uh go ahead and buy a sweet hoodie <laughs> at andreagazetta.com slash shop i love and appreciate you um also this wednesday i will be doing stand-up even though i said i never would again i got itchy and i want to do a zoom show so my friend's putting me on her show that'll be at 7 p.m mountain time and i'll post more info about that in the facebook group and on instagram at andre gazetta yeah don't sleep on these fucking hoodies everyone these hoodies are sick as hell and andrea put a lot of work into them 
and they're they're fucking awesome. And every one, by the way, is made to order. So there's no clothing waste that happens, which is a huge fucking problem in our country. Uh, all around, the, the ideas that she put into them are fucking great. So please, please, please go check that out. Yeah, this is the last week. So they're pre-order only. I also have all of my prints, even prints I've run out of in the past, are for now pre-order only until this Sunday, March 7th. So if you want them, come get them. And then as soon as that window closes, I'll get your prints made. I'll get your hoodies made and shipped out to you. So, yeah, that's what's going on. I love you. Thanks. Thank you for sending me all of your vampire and other erotica. I'm reading through (laughs) all of it. We got a fair amount. Uh, Good for you. You horny, horny people. I appreciate all of you. (laughs) I'm just kicking back with frozen waffles, reading about all your dirty thoughts. You son of a bitch. Um, Do we need to start a horny vampire erotica club within the Patreon? Like, do we need to start our own group? I don't know. I mean, I I figure I'll I'll see how people handle episodes three and four. And if we need to have, like, an offshoot thread or something for people to discuss it and other vampire erotica, sure, I guess. Um, if we need to set up some type of bloody slip and slide. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, also yeah, we yeah. also have to start our new Patreon show, Talking Sexy, where we uh, <laughs> oh no, where we or Talking Biting actually is the working title now, where we discuss uh, 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 chapters of your book. Yeah, we we do when we record our other Patreon content this coming week. We should basically just record a real short fire madness of us talking about episodes one through four. Absolutely, I do want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, but thank you for sending all of it. Uh, if you would like to send me your other things that you swear you remember but are apparently not true, uh, you could send those to me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, also, if you have lumber hunks uh, on TikTok, <laughs> send them to Andrea and I. I'm at Rampage Wesley. She's at Andrea Gazetta Yay. And we will add them to our ongoing internal thread. <laughs> We've been having a really great time. Also, there's a scuzzy TikTok man, which looks like if a dumpster was a horny man. Ooh. Oh, it's like the dirtier version of the older brother in Stranger Things season three. Okay. Every time Paige sends me a video, I feel like I need to immediately shower. <laughs> I am both fascinated with him and disgusted with myself. <laughs> Very gross. Oh, man. If you want to send us uh, your idea of of who should host cult podcasts in an alternate timeline. Um, <laughs> it's just Blaine and Chris. <laughs> right? <laughs> send us your favorite alternate uh, host theories from multiple timelines. Send those to us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. The one I'm really excited about is Mondu, which is actually an Armando-shaped vessel filled with Mountain Dew. Oh, <laughs> that exists. I think he'd be a great host to this podcast. That was just me when I was 13. Uh, an Armando-shaped <laughs> vessel filled with Mountain Dew. Yeah. Oh, you can send us all of your Mondu fan fiction at Twitter. <laughs> oh, on Twitter no. at Colt podcast show fucking do it you fucking cowards (laughs) this gives do the do an uncomfortable new meaning (laughs) fucking write it you cowards you don't have the guts oh you could also email those to us at cult podcast show at gmail.com uh or you can send them you could send us your fucking manuscript 
to our written in Mountain Dew. Written in Mountain Dew to three seven five six West Avenue forty, Sweet K number two thirty seven. Like the Shining, Los Angeles, California nine zero zero six five. And I think for this one, I'm gonna say. Don't drink Mountain Dew. It's like pure sugar. You're not a child anymore. Your system cannot take it. Unless it comes out of an Armando-shaped vessel. Yes. (laughs) And also, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.